Welcome back to episode six, Two Knicks Talk Sports. I'm Nick Minocchio here with Nick St. Lawrence. Yo. Um, wrapping up a week seven of the NFL week, uh, diving into week eight. Uh, coming up this week, we're about halfway through the fantasy season through week seven. Most most leagues, I believe, are 14 weeks. So halfway through the fantasy season so far, uh, which is flying by. Crazy. Uh, each week seems like, I mean, I feel like with football on Thursday and then right, basically right through Monday, the weeks fly by anyways, but, um, the fantasy season's flying by, um, interesting week this week, some, some bad games that turned good and vice versa and, uh, an all, all out meltdown by the Patriots, um, that we'll cover towards the end on Monday night football, which I mean, I'm sure we're going to have some, some different opinions on, but, um, Overall, it was just a shit show for, for New England sports on the same night with the Celtics losing as well. Um, we're going to start off a little different this week and dive right into the NFL because we just have a ton to cover from from games that we thought were going to be one-sided that didn't go that way and uh, vice versa. Um, and kind of start out with, with, uh, with Thursday Night Football. But before we get into that, Nick, how are we doing? Great, man. Uh, another great week in sports. Um, best time of the year. Uh NBA season started, get to watch the Celtics, like you said, uh, almost uh, halfway mark of the actual NFL season, um, pretty much at the halfway point of the fantasy season. We went to an, our first exhibition game for PC, so that uh, PC seasons are right around the corner as well, so just a good time of year for sports. Shout out Ed Cooley, returning Big East champs, um, held it down in an exhibition game. We uh, we should be there most of the, the Big East matchups coming up. Um, team looks good so far. They they're definitely tall, that's for sure, and uh, they got some interesting shoe selections, which I'm sure we'll cover towards the end too. But um, we'll dive right in, and we'll start out with the uh, with Thursday night football game, which I think everyone kind of thought was going to be a, a one sided game. The Cardinals were were favored, and uh, the game started out with the Saints playing well, and the first half ended with Dalton imploding basically with back-to-back pick sixes. Yeah, not 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 good for for Dalton. We talked about this last pod, you know, I thought he was a better fit because Agreed. he get gets Kamara going, um, you know, maybe not that deep threat guy, uh, Chris Olave obviously um, showing that he's probably the rookie of the year as far as uh, offensive production right now. 7 for 106, he just um He's like a cheat code right now for offense for them. But, yeah, uh, he definitely imploded. Uh, 361, but had, you know, three interceptions, two of which were for touchdowns. If anyone started him, I think, I mean, the the pick sixes in the the first half didn't sit well. But four touchdowns and 361, like you just said, is he he put up points, that's for sure. Um, Again, just another overall... I think kind of a down performance from Kyler, not really what we're we're used to or accustomed with him. Only ended up with 30 yards rushing. Uh, welcome back, DeAndre Hopkins, right into the wide receiver one role. Uh, 14 targets, 10 catches, 103 yards. Kind of just resumed his his position as a you know top five, top rep seven ish, top you know top seven eight ish receiver in the league. Uh, but outside of him, I mean, the Cardinals didn't do much. They put up 42 points, but again, the the defense scored two touchdowns, so kind of took away from you know the offense, I guess, performing very well. Benjamin took over as the running back one for them with with Connor out, 
and he definitely took the job and it seems like even if Connor comes back he he kind of just looks like the better back to me yeah he's definitely more explosive um uh, he he again was known as that kind of a scat back, but he was bigger than uh, I thought he was. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I thought he, he was much smaller. He definitely um, didn't shy away from contact. Um, you know, definitely uh, passed the eye test. Um, as far as like the Hopkins, you know, Murray thing, um, we talk about this every week. I had a lot of shade to throw at Murray last week, and. He played okay this this week, I will say. Um, you know, he was just locked on Hopkins and hard to get anyone else involved when you pass the ball 29 times and 14 of those pass attempts go to one player. So um, we talk about this all the time. You know, it's a volume league and Hopkins got all the volume. Rondell Moore started out with one reception for 31 yards on like the opening drive and he only got one more target for the remainder of the game. Uh, and then on the flip side, Taysom Hill's been red hot. You know, uh, that gadget player that's, you know, uh, in fantasy purposes, the tight end slash quarterback. And he's been siphoning a lot of TDs from Kamara and just having explosive plays. He came back down to earth. He pretty much was abysmal uh, this game. Kamara uh, combined rushing and receiving just about 100 yards, seven targets. Uh, I'm sorry, nine targets, seven receptions, 56 yards through the air, and 11 for 49 on the ground. Yeah, he looks much better with Dalton than he did with Winston. I think Dalton's much more accustomed to checking down than Winston, who's going to push the ball down the field. Kamara looks much better with him. I, I think they'll probably just stick with Dalton here on out. I mean, they're 2-5. and five. They're not really going anywhere anyways. Um, jumping over to the Sunday slate, the uh, the one o'clock games. So there was some promising games here in the one o'clock hour. That uh, a lot of the heavy favorites that were playing um, that didn't come through. Uh, one that did were the Bengals. Um, a complete game by Burrow. Uh, the Bengals took care of the Falcons pretty handily, which I don't think was much of a surprise. But Burrow had a career day. I'm not sure if it was his best game ever, but I would just assume so without looking back. Uh, 481 in the air, three touchdowns, and of course adds one on the on the ground with the QB keeper, um, taking it from Mixon. Uh, overall, Cincinnati basically just, they just brutalized Atlanta through the air. Jamar Chase was had one of those games where he just goes off and if you have any sort of bonuses in your league or anything along those lines he you know he had a heck of a day and then um Higgins and Boyd both got targets both got catches were able to to kind of feed there even Hayden Hurst six or 48 you know contributed on a horrendous overall day for tight ends so if you had him you were you were pretty happy um but Atlanta the first first time that they haven't covered as an underdog going into this game. Yeah, I was actually just going to say, we, we talked, every time we talk trash or every time we say something, the opposite does happen. Of course. Falcons had uh, covered every every which way. We said, you know, they'd be in, you know, pretty much every game. Well, they were out of this game from Jump Street. Um, Joe Burrow had a uh, pass uh, to Tyler Boyd, uh, one-handed catch. Tyler Boyd started the day just red hot. Um and then from there, it just, you know, uh, the other two just got involved, Chase and Higgins. And it just shows you that how explosive their offense can be. If they give Joe Burrow the time to, to throw the ball, um, you know, they're, they're a real problem. You know, we talked about this in the beginning of our podcast, the first 
couple weeks, he had got sacked, like, you know, pretty much almost league lead uh, amount of times. And since then, um, I had them, you know, creeping up in my power rankings last week to, like, you know, close to the 5-6 spot. Um, and they showed out. Atlanta's defense is actually not terrible. Specifically, um, their secondary is pretty good, and they got absolutely torched. They were abysmal on offense. They didn't do anything. Um, um, Mariota only threw the ball 13 times. Drake London and Kyle Pitts, non-existent. Uh, shout out to Demari Bird, old school uh, Patriot, was their leading receiver, but only had one reception for 75 yards and a TD. And um, Tyler Algier did, you know, not bad. Um, you know, plotted 16 carries, 50 yards, one touchdown, but only averaging 3.1 yards a carry. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when uh, Corderell comes back because he was playing pretty well for them. Um, Algier has been decent. I think Humley's you know, done okay. Neither of them have really kind of put a stranglehold on the job by any means. So it's just going to be interesting when Patterson comes back. Are they just going to, you know, split carries with them, ease him back in, not play him at all because they're terrible and they're just going to, you know, kind of move forward with the younger guys. Um, So that's going to be interesting to see. And then um, I just still don't understand how you lose a game 35 to 17 and throw the ball 13 times. If you don't trust Mariota to throw the ball or you don't think he's good enough to throw the ball, then just play the rookie out of Cincinnati and let him throw interceptions, you know, kind of run around. It it just doesn't make sense to play Mariota at this point if you're not going to trust him to throw the ball either. Yeah, I mean, this seems to be like the time of year where we're seeing all these different changes at quarterback, you know, um, and letting these rookies, you know, see what they're made of and... Yeah, I mean, you got two studs in Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts, and they're just they're not seeing any run. Their identity is legitimately running the ball and their defense. And you, like you said, they, they without their explosive runner back, they have a couple plotters that aren't bad, um, and their defense just got scorched. And this is what happens when you don't throw the ball. You just you can't come back, and it's a wrap. It just doesn't make sense for having London and Pitts are both first round picks first round talents that are just not getting you know not getting burned for basically no reason at all unless it's a i'm not sure unless it's just like a they're both dogs and they don't want to play but they don't come off like that so um yeah interesting to see what's uh what's going to happen with atlanta moving forward i would imagine they probably turn to the rookie you know um they should yeah ritter within the next week or two i don't know when their buy comes up but um, the next game up on the docket here, the Cowboys, Lions, one of the higher over-unders of the week. I think it was like 49, 49 and a half. Uh, Dallas ended up winning this game 24 to 6. Uh, just a putrid performance by Goff. I had a decision earlier in the on Sunday morning, Goff or Garoppolo. And, of course, I chose to roll with Goff, and he rewarded me with four turnovers, five sacks, and an absolute nine point pile of shit um dallas defense looked everything that we've talked about them for the past few weeks their front seven looked just unstoppable Goff didn't really have a ton of time to throw the ball and if he did he didn't he didn't really play very well anyways and um st brown getting hurt earlier in the game didn't help but the dallas defense is 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 kind of my takeaway i mean they're they're I don't know if they're leading the league uh, from a defensive standpoint, but their defense from the eye test looks like they're a top three to five defense in the league at this point. 
Yeah, I think that's what you know uh, puts them up there uh, in the power rankings. Um, you know, because they have the ability to potentially win the whole thing, not because of their offense. It's because of their defense. Not to say that their offense isn't very good. Um, it is, but the good thing is because their defense is so stout. Dak Prescott coming back, he didn't have to do too much. Um, you know, they ran the ball, you know, uh, pretty well. Pollard 12 for 83, and Ezekiel 15 for 57, and two TDs. When the run game is going and their defense is as stout as they are, like you said, the the front seven's been awesome. But Trayvon Diggs has actually uh, been been killing it as well. So they couldn't do anything. Uh, Detroit, not to mention that Swift's out. They lost um, St. Brown, you know, to a concussion. So they're they're just a mess. Their their two best players on offense are out. Um, and Hawkinson, you know, um, kind of got brought back down to life after that huge game a couple weeks ago. Uh, only four for 48 for him. Jamal Williams has been okay um, as a replacement for Swift, 15 for 79. I think he's more better of a locker room guy and a hype man than he is an actual player. He's not a terrible player, but I just don't think he's your go-to offensive player. Um, he's just not the home run hitter that Swift is. Um, to your point about St. Brown, I I don't I don't understand. So after the game, they came out and said St. Brown doesn't have a concussion. He got held out because the independent neurologist essentially declared him out after he took the hit. Um, the two a hit changed football. It, it maybe just for this season. I'm not sure what they're going to do with it moving forward, but it seems to be basically when when someone takes a hit to the head and they get up any sort of wobbly or or just don't look right, they're just going to be held out. Um, and I mean, from a fantasy perspective, obviously that that stinks for anyone that that had St. Brown and you know wants to watch him play. But also just from an NFL perspective, I mean, they're going to be able to just hold guys out now moving forward. It, it you know, I guess player safety obviously is paramount. But if if the kid isn't hurt, you know, he he just can't play because the doctor wants to be careful. It just seems like a slippery slope that they're going down right now. Yeah, I mean, everything's about, you know, um, perception, right? You right. Know, um, so they're just trying to keep the image high um, to the public. Obviously, we'll see if that changes, um, you know, moving forward. But I agree. This season, that's that's how it's going to roll out. I don't see that changing. Um, it is what it is. I mean, unfortunately. Um, it be know, interesting to see if it changes in the playoffs. Because, you know, does Patrick Mahomes take a hit in the playoffs and – an independent neurologist rule him out? Probably not, because that that call is coming down from from Goodell, where you know he's going back in the game. But interesting to see what they do moving forward. Um, from uh, from a one terrible performance from Detroit over to Indianapolis, where it looked like it was might be Matt Ryan's last game. Uh, he's getting uh, benched. So. Uh, he's definitely getting benched, but I just don't know where he goes from here either. Uh, Indy went to Tennessee. They the score was 19 to 10. But they got pretty much manhandled. It seemed like in this game, Henry's heating up, and that is my huge takeaway here. Is when Derrick Henry starts piling these games back to back, and then has a few more, you know, kind of on the flip side, um, he's unstoppable. And when Tennessee wants to run the ball, and that's going to be their identity for sure, with Rayball as their coach, is going to be running the ball in defense. I mean. There's no one better in the league once they start feeding Henry, you know, 30, you know, 28, 30 times a game. Um, 
he starts running downhill and he he only had 128 in this game no touchdowns he easily could have had a much bigger game I think he had a few decent sized runs that were called back maybe even a touchdown for a hold that was called back but uh Tennessee at four and two they are probably the most unimpressive four and two team but they do it every year they they always somehow sneak out these these wins and they're good in the division um and then I don't know if anyone saw the video after the fact but the the center from Tennessee got injured in the game he mixed he missed one play and then he went out and played the rest of the game Vrabel caught him after the game in the tunnel and you know was hugging him and they were crying and it was just it's a little bit of an emotional uh video that that Vrabel showed an emotional side which was interesting but um it seems like the the team all likes Vrabel and they want to play hard for him uh, I, I, I have a few friends that live in Tennessee that are Titans fans too, so um, good to see them pull out the win and, I guess, RIP Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, this is their MO. Uh, they're one of those teams that kind of flies under the radar. They end up winning the division almost every year. They always have a pretty stout defense, and they got Derrick Henry. And this is the time of year where Derrick Henry shines. As soon as it starts to get cold outside. As soon as it starts to get cold. No one wants to tackle him. Um, the dude just a freight train. Um I'm I've been huge on the King Henry, you know, um hype train for pretty much since he came in the league. I just think he's he's the best um uh, pure runner. Um Nick Chubbs has a lot to say about that right now, but again, we'll see. It's um, you know, we're only in, you know, week 7, so he like you just said he's starting to heat up and that's a problem for the league and any, you know, uh, opposing defense that's trying to stop him. Ryan Tannehill did go out for like a, a play or two. I thought, you know, um, we were going to see the backup um, there for a minute, but uh, he came in and actually had a fumble. So um, other than that, yeah, nothing really to say. Although I, w- I will say Paris Campbell, uh, 10 for 70 and a touchdown. And it's funny because we just talked trash about him, you know, last week. Um, and he comes out and he's their leading receiver. Michael Pittman, again, uh, this is like two or three weeks in a row now where he's been, like, average or okay. Underwhelming, yeah. yeah. Very and, underwhelming. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is the number one pick in, <clears throat> you know, I would say 90% of, you know, fantasy drafts is just not paying you the dividends that uh, you should for a number one pick. No, I mean, Taylor, I would say Taylor and Najee, probably first-round picks that have been the most disappointing. It, I mean, it's tough. It's always tough to live up to the number one pick no matter – I guess who gets picked there, no matter how how good they are, it's really tough to live up to number one. But once you get injured, that's that's kind of a wrap on the the number one picks season. Um, flipping over to uh, the Packers at the Commanders, this was another game where the Packers were heavy favorites. I want to say six and a half, seven point favorites going into the game. Washington wins outright, 23-21. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Not a terrible performance, 194 and two TDs, no turnovers, but just looks completely disengaged from the team. Uh, Something's going on. I'm not sure if it's a coaching thing. I'm not sure if it's an Aaron Rodgers thing, but something's going on with them. A.J. Dillon went from being a a, a mid-round pick that everyone thought was going to be a monster this season to, you know, they don't even give him the ball anymore. Uh, Aaron Jones is essentially only useful in the passing game. They Green Bay can't run the ball. Their offensive line isn't good. Um, defense is not great either. They're they're kind of a mess between between Rodgers and Brady, kind of the old guys 
shit in the bed so far this season. Yeah, I, I mean, I talked about this, you know, uh, last week. We actually, I think you brought up the point where, you know, Taylor Heineke was actually going to get the start. You thought that, you know, it was potentially that they could get the win. They did. Um, Rogers didn't look bad. Dylan is not living up to the expectations in which uh, everyone had for him. But at the same time, we, I keep harping on the same thing, but it's a volume league. I mean, they didn't even try to establish the run. They only ran the ball 12 times. You have to continue to run the ball if you want to try to establish a ground game. They didn't. I think a lot of that has to do with there's no weapons for Rodgers. There's, you know, uh, they're completely one-dimensional right now. Um, not to mention all their receivers are hurt. Um, I think Lazard's back out. Um, Watkins, you know, yeah. has limited practice. Um, Christian Watson has uh, been out on injury. So they're a mess. Uh, on the flip side, um, Heineke played pretty good. He had some crazy. I like he had some crazy heaves um, that he just threw up there, and McLaurin, you know, uh, just showing how good of a receiver that he could have been. Thanks, Bill, for not drafting him on a kill. Harry was so much better. Um, but uh, t- yeah, Terry McLaurin, uh, F1, doing doing well. Curtis Samuel, pretty decent game, five for fifty-three. I think the big take-home right here is they have a lot of trust in Brian Robinson. He got twenty carries. But not doing too much with him. Not super, you know, um, impressive with what he's doing. But what I do like is that they're kind of letting McKissick kind of fall by the wayside, and they're putting Gibson in that role. And if they're going to give Gibson, you know, ten to fifteen carries, and then also going to focus in on him on the passing game, he only got four targets, but it did have a TD. I think that that will help Washington and also. Uh, any Antonio Gibson uh, owner because I think he is talented, um, but he's just not, uh, you know, the workhorse back, I don't think. I mean, like you just mentioned about Heineke uh, <clears throat> kind of throwing the ball down the field and having a few just heaves down the field, that's the difference in the game. I mean, he took chances. His receivers came through. Rodgers doesn't take chances, and that's part partly why he doesn't have turnovers. Rodgers doesn't have a ton of interceptions. I think this year he might have two or three. And he'll probably end the season with, you know, six or seven, and everyone will look at the end of the year and say, oh, he had a decent year. It's not Aaron Rodgers, it's the coach. Or it's he doesn't have the talent around him, this and that. He also just doesn't take chances. He, he throws a lot of shit passes short, and that's why he ended up with 194 yards and, you know, no turnovers. Um, I think that's partly... Part, part of the problem and then the other part of the problem is his attitude towards he seems like better than type of thing but um, you know I, I can't say that I don't enjoy watching him struggle because I can't stand Rodgers but then again I own him in a league and would like to see him succeed so I mean that last I hate him too but that last touchdown pass that he had to Aaron Jones was filthy I mean the oh, dude yeah. has intangibles. Oh, absolutely. His body language speaks volumes, though, and he, he does come off pompous and better than everyone else. And it's not working out. The, the morale on that team is obviously clearly low, and, you know, from a coaching standpoint, he's, you know, not understanding how to turn it around. They don't look good. Um, from one aging quarterback to another one here, uh, Tampa Bay at Carolina. I think Tampa Bay may have been the largest favorite of the week, if if, if not close to the biggest, uh, they lost outright 21 to three, uh, PJ Walker, Jonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard beat Tom Brady. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have kind of laughed, but Carolina 
goes off and, and sells McCaffrey to San Francisco. Everyone writes all week that there's going to be a fire sale in Carolina, and they're talking about DJ Moore and um, the, the pass rusher, I believe his name is Brian Burns, is going to get traded and all of this stuff. They don't make any other moves, and all they do is come out, put up 21 points on you know, preseason, one of the better defenses in the league, and also hold Brady to three points. Um, just an unbelievable game that I don't think anyone that was watching it really understood what the hell was going on. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, Brady's, I can't say he's playing terrible, but they're just a mess. I don't know how else to how else to say it. They don't run the ball well. They don't throw the ball well. They're not playing defense well. Um, Brady just doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, so we I, I brought up this last week, and I can see both sides, but, like, the body language, the off-the-field issues, the, all these things are now becoming factors. I mean, and now they're just, like, growing arms, legs, you know, all these tentacles that the team doesn't need. And on top of it, they're – Anchor, which had been Leonard Fournette, is now not working out. And he only got eight carries and 19 yards. You know, was outperformed by Rashad White. Um, so they had no ground game going. Um, I will say, I think the momentum shifted in the beginning of this game. Mike Evans had a bomb that was thrown to him. Should have been an easy catch and an easy touchdown. Would have put Tampa Bay up. I think it would have had the momentum on their side. He fumbles the ball, doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't make the catch, and then... You know, from that point on, you know, talking about taking chances, Walker had no problem taking those chances. DJ Moore, you know, got 10 targets and actually showed up again. You know, a lot of these uh, people took him early in most fantasy drafts, and uh, he's a talented receiver, and he showed why. Um, And then Foreman and Hubbard are going to be a decent uh, one-two punch um, against any team. I mean, I, I don't think either of them are fantastic standalone, but... You know, uh, together, I think they can actually do some damage. I mean, they look good, that's for certain. It, just just to go back to your point about um, Fournette, Rashad White uh, is taking over some of the snaps from Fournette for sure. And <coughs> excuse me, they're going to be they're going to be. I'm not sure if it's going to be a 50-50 split moving forward, but something's happening there because Fournette's not even the previous games where he's getting a ton of catches and touches and so on and so forth. He wasn't doing a ton with them. Um, he had a few dump downs that were making up for some of his receiving yards the past few games. So Rashad White's definitely arrow pointing up at this point. Um, not sure what that means for Fournette long term. I think they signed him for two or three years, something like that. So it will be interesting. I think they're also getting one of their uh, – I think they're getting a center back soon that's been out on injury. Obviously, any uptick to their offensive line is going to help everyone, Tom – the running backs, you know, uh, their receivers, all, all the above. The bottom line is they need to win that game. They were leading the, the uh, their division prior to Sunday, and uh, now they're not. So um, we'll see. Tom, step it up. Um, Giants at the Jaguars, which was one of the games we talked about last week with the best bets of the week, not understanding how the Jaguars were favored in the game. Uh, kind of played out, I think, the way that, I guess, most people saw it because the Giants were coming in as the better team. They ended up winning the game 23-17. Um, they leave the game 6-1, and one, which has got to be the biggest surprise of the NFL season. I don't think anyone thought that the Giants would win six of their first seven, if not six games total the whole entire season. Um, the big story out of it is 
uh, after the game. James Robinson gets traded. Uh, ETN looks like the first round pick that they drafted him two years ago, or yeah, I guess two years ago at this point. Uh, he looks really good, 14 for 114 and a score, um, catching some balls as well. He just looks like a superstar in the making. And uh, Lawrence looks comfortable, you know, giving him the ball, uh, feeding the ball to Kirk as well. I know they only ended up putting up 17 in this game, but they easily could have won in the game at the end of the end of the fourth. Kirk got tackled on the one. Uh, it, it looked like a, a weird little a weird little play, but um, they they are a surprising two and five team. I think that is going to compete with a lot of teams. Um, and then just I. I I just maybe it's just my hatred for the Giants moving forward, but I just don't believe in the Giants at all, and I still don't understand how they're six and one. Yeah, I think part of the reason why that Lawrence didn't put up <coughs> touchdown numbers is, you know, um, the Giants' defense is actually pretty stinking good. So yes. um, I will say, I've been hating on Daniel Jones for years, and he's been pretty he's been pretty good, man. Uh, I mean. He's had absolutely, you know, mailmen and plumbers he's been, you know, uh, passing the rock to. I mean, he's had no receiving core whatsoever. And he's been doing a ton on, you know, with his legs. He had uh, 11 carries for 107. I think this might be his second uh, game, over 100 yards rushing. He's definitely, he's been efficient passing uh, the ball. They got Wondell Robinson back two weeks ago. He looks like, you know. Right now, he's their clear-cut number one. Darius Slayton had a decent day, you know, got in the end zone. But, you know, for the most part, Jacksonville's run D was pretty good for the majority of the game. But, you know, towards the end of the game, they just, you know, got worn down. And Saquon had plays when they needed to have plays. He had, you know, uh, one of the last drives he had, you know, a run to the right. He ended up doing a jump cut to the left and ended up getting like an 18, you know, to 20-yard carry. And... That was like a, a game sealer, and it just shows his explosion and his you know uh, side to side movement, which is great to see. <coughs> you know, uh, you know, come back from all his uh, injuries. He's he's arguably top three back in the NFL at this point in time, and you know, ETN's definitely the meter is skyrocketing in, in, into the atmosphere with a uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the shift. guy moving forward, yeah, right? So, yeah. Um, to your point of Daniel Jones, he has 58 carries so far this season. He's third in the league in rushing from a quarterback standpoint. More than Jalen Hurts, uh, more than Kyler Murray, more than Josh Allen. Um, he runs the ball like his life depends on it. It's it's actually <laughs> kind of wild when when he he's puts his fast, head down. Though. He is pretty fast. Uh, the 11 for 107 is is awesome. That's and that's real. That's that's nasty. He's only got two interceptions on the season. So, um, I, I, a, a quick story, uh, Francis. I don't know if you listen to this or not, but uh, buddy I used to work with, he is a huge Giants fan. Loves the Giants. Been to the Giants Super Bowl that they won and all of that stuff. Um, he hates Daniel Jones with a passion, and a lot of the a lot of my friends and family members that are Giants fans, Eagles fans, they all hate their quarterbacks, and now they're succeeding, which is actually comical to me because I can talk to them and say, "Oh, I love it. I love Daniel Jones now," and they can't. I know how they feel about them, or I love Jalen Hurts, and I know how they feel about them, and uh, it's just funny. So, um, I, I I I root for Daniel Jones. I just can't stand the Giants and don't understand how they're six and one outside of the fact that Saquon's been 
the best court, uh, best running back in the league. I don't even think that's that's kind of hands down at this point. I mean, him and Eckler Chubb from a fantasy right standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chubb as well. But I mean, Saquon just looks like he's just he's just different. Um, uh, another game that I think was a little bit of a surprise. Cleveland held around. Most of the game with Baltimore. Baltimore was a six and a half point favorite, I believe, maybe seven point favorite. They closed that. They ended up winning the game 23-20. And I heard an interesting kind of little tidbit on uh, on XM Fantasy, and I was listening to one of the guys in the afternoon, <clears throat> and he made a statement that he said, "I wish that Justin Tucker would just get hurt, so John Harbaugh wouldn't play the game to win by field goals," and that kind of stuck with me when I heard it because that's kind of what Harbaugh does. He 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 manages Lamar Jackson to win football games, which there's obviously nothing wrong with. I mean, they're 4 and 3. They've been a successful franchise for years now, so on and so forth. I just don't think that they fully they ha- they obviously haven't committed to Jackson long term. They haven't paid him. <clears throat> and I just don't think they're they're going to. I'm not sure <clears throat> Again, what's going to change? But Tucker being the best kicker in the league, if not the best kicker ever, they they almost play to let him win at the end of the game rather than go to try to win the game itself. Um, it's a weird little weird little phenomenon. And then uh, the the running back story from this game on the Baltimore side, Gus Edwards comes right off of IR, right into. I guess the RB1 role that everyone thought that Kenyon Drake was going to fulfill. He he split time with Justice Hill and Kenyon Drake, and it was kind of a three-headed backfield, but Justice Hill and Drake looked absolutely terrible, and Gus Edwards ended up with 66 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, just looked like the overall better back, and he kind of runs from the shotgun a little bit different than the other guys do, and he just looks like a better fit for them. Yeah, I mean, I think everything's going to be uh, based on matchups. I talked about it last week. Kenyon Drake, you know, met the eye test. He looked explosive. He looked great. He had 11 carries for 5 yards. He averaged .5 yards a carry this week. Um, I picked him up off of waivers, you know, in, in one league, thinking that, like, oh, this dude can catch out of the backfield. He looked good. He looked explosive. And then he just totally burned me. Um Gus, you know, the Gus boss looked, you know, pretty good. Lamar Jackson, though, I mean, only threw the ball 16 times and only completed half of them. It's hard to have anything without volume, you know, going back, to, you know, keep saying the same things over and over again. Rashad Bateman, though, five targets, um, four receptions, 42 yards, you know, coming off injury. Not great, but not terrible. Good to see that, you know, um, you know, uh, he's he came back from injury and he wasn't held back. Mark Andrews, though, he's their guy, and he didn't do anything. Uh, zero receptions, zero yards on two targets. He's their guy. He's, you know, kind of what makes their passing offense move, and they need to get him more involved, period. They shouldn't have two targets. He's a guy that should have, you know, five to ten targets a game. Um, he's that good. On the flip side, Nick Chubb doing Nick Chubb things. 16 for 91, one TD. Keep him in the game. I think the problem was the turnovers. They had a ton of fumbles, especially late in the game. It kind of cost them um, from a receiving standpoint. Cleveland, you know, uh, Njoku was been pretty reliant uh, for them, 7 for 71, but went out with a high ankle sprain. Um, Harrison Bryant's going to have to step up. Um, and Amari Cooper <clears throat> had 74 yards, but, again, only three receptions. And Underwhelming, a, again. Yeah. 
Donovan Peoples-Jones seems to be like the home run hitter. He might uh, step up with Njoku's absence. He might get more targets. He's pretty talented, so we'll see. But the bottom line is Jacoby Brissett, your quarterback, so uh, you're limited. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're just trying to hold out until Watson gets back. But at that point, I, I think they're probably going to be out of it. So um, moving on to another absolutely ugly game from a football standpoint and also from an injury standpoint, uh, the Jets at the Broncos. Uh, the Jets come in as the underdog for some reason yet again <clears throat> to Denver, and they end up winning the game outright 16-9. to Russ Wilson was held out with a hamstring injury. Brett Rippon played, I, 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 I think this was his second start, I think it said. He had played, maybe it was the year before or two years before, whatever it was. Um, he he didn't look scared to throw the ball, I can tell you that much. 46 times. <laughs> he, just didn't, he just didn't play that well. Oh, um, he's definitely a career backup guy. But, I mean, Denver... Didn't look good with Russ. They don't look good without Russ. So maybe it's just that Denver's not that good. I'm not sure if it's a play-calling thing. I'm not sure if it's just an offensive line thing. Um, I don't get it. Melvin Gordon takes over the RB1 role again. Goes 11 for 33. It just looked old. <clears throat> you know, pitches in with two catches for 17 yards, which you know wasn't great if you started him, but... Latavius Murray kind of taking some some shine away from him. Also scored a touchdown, which I guess puts him in the driver's seat for uh, the goal line carries moving forward because he can score touchdowns for something that Denver has been struggling to do. They're the worst in the league, I believe, with goal-to-go situations. So at 2-5 and five right now in the AFC, uh, Denver looks cooked. I don't, I don't think they're going anywhere, so I don't think they're going to rush Wilson back in any capacity, which really hurts Judy and Sutton and their value because I think everyone drafted them relatively early thinking they were going to be able to catch long balls. Um, they just look like they're both going to be disappointments moving forward. I mean, Judy had a decent decent day, but he's had a pretty much an awful year. And then uh, from the Jets' standpoint, <clears throat> the injury that everyone's talking about, I mean, Bruce Hall looked like he was shot out of a cannon on his on his touchdown and you know destined for uh, I guess like a top 10 position from a running back standpoint ends up tearing his ACL again I can't stand the Jets uh, I, I kind of root for him because I, I like the guys on the team but I don't you know as a Patriots fan I don't like the Jets but everyone was rooting for Brees Hall uh, he, he looked like he was just going to be one of the up-and-coming guys you know probably a, a first round pick next year um, torn ACL. Hopefully, you know he has a, a short road back to recovery and is able to play again next year. Yeah, um, my take homes are Zach Wilson just sucks. I he don't sucks. think I don't think he's very good. He's kind of reminds me of Kyler, just a wicked <clears throat> poor man's version. Just doesn't go his pro- progressions. Like just runs around like a chicken with his head cut off. Um, doesn't get his. They have a lot of talent on the offensive end, and they just can't get anyone going. Uh, Michael Carter kind of bottled up, but again, Denver's defense is pretty good. Uh, if the Jets had any decent quarterback, they should have won this game by like a thousand. Um, on the flip side, I disagree a little bit um, about uh, Denver's um, receivers, and the reason being is that run game sucks, and they're going to be behind a lot. So I actually think they're going to throw the ball a ton, like they did this game. I do think it's hilarious that when Wilson's there, they like let Russ cook, and he doesn't throw the ball, but then they get their backup comes in and they let him throw the ball 46 times. It's just Makes absolutely no no sense to me whatsoever. Um, it's banana land. I, I will say 
part of the reason Sutton and Judy um, uh, didn't have a great day as well is the Jets secondary is pretty pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, so I w- I'm curious. I'm not totally thinking <laughs> that you know you need to bench the Broncos uh, receivers again. I think they're going to get volume. I don't know if they're going to get quality throws, but they should still get decent volume. And Greg Dolchitz, since he's come back, has you know emerged as a maybe um, a waiver claim uh, in your league. As far as the Jets receivers, I don't know who you can trust. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, the leading guy was Michael Carter with two receptions for 45 yards. Again, Zach Wilson's just a train wreck. Um, <clears throat> so moving forward, they they just traded for James Robinson from Jacksonville. Uh, Michael Carter, James Robinson, two-headed monster. I, I guess moving forward, they'll probably end up splitting carries. I'm not really positive how that's going to go, but Carter was a, a decently high pick from what I remember, and he was pretty successful in college. He hasn't really gotten a fair shake. I, I feel like since they've they've you know kind of given him the role. <clears throat> um, be interesting to see what he does for the rest of the year if they do kind of just give him the opportunity to to be the lead back. But I just don't know if that happens with Robinson coming in. Yeah, I think mo- most teams now are two-headed monster. And honestly, he should still be heavily involved, um, you know, uh, yeah. because their quarterback sucks so much uh, and he likes to dump down. I think they both will have value. I don't know who at this point will be that one, you know, the RB2, RB3 you know, uh, three range or uh, flex position. But uh, I wouldn't consider any of them, you know, RB1 status. Um, AFC... I guess Southwest matchup here. Uh, the Raiders hosted the Texans. The Raiders handled them pretty easily, uh, 38 to 20. I felt like Carolina was the worst team in the league. I'm now probably convinced that Houston is. Um, I will let you handle the Raiders and I'll handle the Texans, which is pretty much easy because outside of Damian Pierce, the rest of the team is, I won't say useless from a fantasy standpoint, but um, underwhelming. To, to say the least. Uh, Pierce looks good on a really bad team, 20 for 92. He's having a great season. Depending on where you drafted him, probably a really good keeper for next year as well. And um, Davis Mills is still going to put up decent stats, but just overall not a great quarterback and you know kind of just struggles getting the ball like really far down the field, hence why Cook's semi-underwhelming this season as well. I'm not sure who a lot of these other guys that he's throwing to, who they are, where they came from. Philip Dorsett played with Tom Brady like four years ago, came out and caught a touchdown in this game. I don't know where he came from, if he was you know, playing the whole entire season with them or not. I don't watch a lot of Houston games, but I mean, Houston's got to be the worst team in the league. Yeah, their defense is absolutely terrible, which... It is the reason why you're gonna. Uh, you just said Davis Mills is gonna put up numbers is because they're gonna be down in almost every game. It's annoying because Brandon Cooks, I feel like, should be the guy, but he's getting older and he's starting to, you know, really, you know, flatten out. I thought Nico you would Collins. Think maybe they trade him. Yeah. Uh, it, maybe a, maybe a trade deadline type of guy that gets picked up by a contender that needs, I don't know, a, a, a wide receiver two or something like that. Yeah, uh, agreed. Nico Collins is the guy I actually thought I was high on. He went out with injury, with a groin injury in this game. So their identity moving forward in the passing game is, like you said, who knows? Jordan Atkins, their tight end, was their leading receiver. On the flip side, it was a Josh Jacobs show. Um, he looks like a man amongst boys uh, on the NFL field. Talking about bright spots in the NFL at running back, he's definitely top five. Uh, in the league right now, 20 carries, 143, and three TDs. 
just an absolute stud. And then Derek Carr didn't have to do too, too much, but he was efficient, 21 for 27, 241, a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Adams, 8 for 95. And uh, Hunter Renfro finally, like, doing anything, 3 for 55. But again, only three targets. Um, Matt Collins had a pretty sick touchdown. Yeah, uh, this he did. Guy, this guy came out of nowhere. I don't even know who he, who he is. He's like 29 years old. He's been in the league for um, like 14 seasons. Yeah, and he's he's been showing up. Two for 44, and he, again, uh, had that touchdown, uh, which was pretty nice. Um, Josh Jacobs is a league winner, depending on where you drafted him. If you went, like, punt RB2 and you, you drafted an R, you know, RB1 early and then just went receivers and tight ends, maybe... You didn't go early, play. I know that. <clears throat> depending on where you drafted him, he's probably a league winner. If he's your if he's your running back two, he's, he's probably a lot of people's running back three at this point, maybe, you know, their first flex or their second flex type of thing. He's definitely going to win a lot of people their leagues. He is playing for a contract, and he was also a first-round pick. I mean, he he's no slouch coming from Alabama. He, he's playing for a contract. I don't know if he's going to get it from the Raiders, so it'd be interesting to see what they do, I guess, with Zamir White, if they give him any run to see what, how he is, because I don't think the Raiders are good. But Jacobs, Jacobs is going to keep cashing in. I mean, every carry he makes for them, at some point, if it's like, you know, week 13, week 14, and he's racked up, you know, 1,500 yards or something like that, if I was him, I would just be like, I don't need to play. I'm going to sign my contract in the offseason and, and kind of move forward with a with a different team. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they played him first preseason game, so everyone was like, this dude's not going to, you know, play. They didn't, you Yeah, know. terrible, terrible, like, reputation coming into 100%, the season. 100%, but too. right now, McDaniels is playing for his job, so they just – he knows how good of a talent he is. They just run him in the ground. I mean, um, uh, that's just plain and simple. He's, you know, arguably top three player on their team. So, um, shout out to him. He's balling out. Um, two, two other running backs that we'll cover in this next game. Seattle at the Chargers. Uh, arguably could also be league winners in Kenneth Walker and Austin Eckler. The Seahawks came in as underdogs again to the Chargers, and they win going away 37-23. Geno Smith, uh, just another decent performance. Two touchdowns, another pick, but um, overall had a pretty good day. Um, My takeaways from the Seattle side, DK getting hurt is definitely going to hurt them. I know Marquise Goodwin had two touchdowns. You know, speculative waiver ad, but I, I mean, I don't see those type of numbers moving forward. Losing DK sucks because he demands he's like an aj brown type of guy he's he's a number one receiver if you're gonna only single cover him he's gonna take over if you roll coverage to his side tyler lockett has room marquis goodwin has room disley has room you know other guys have room losing him is going to be going to hurt them i think a little bit more than i guess anyone else that they could have lost and then kenneth walker you know Rookie, I think he's 22. I think he turned 22 like this month or, or, or a few weeks ago, whatever it was. He looks awesome. He could be another guy that was either a waiver ad, a late round draft pick, something along those lines. He could be a heck of a keeper for next year and also could probably win you the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I mean, a couple take-homes that I have. I'll start out on the Seattle side. Geno Smithman, he's been pretty good man uh i mean 20 for 27 you know two tds um you know one a deception for 210 yards had a 105 you know uh passer ratings pretty good Kansas walker is just 
he was a tail of the tape, uh, 23 for 168 and 2 was just ridiculous. And he posted like the fastest top speed of anyone in the NFL this year, which is ridiculous. Um, Olympic long jumper Marquise Goodwin had a had a, quite a day, four for 67 and two touchdowns, one of which was actually pretty nasty. Um, yeah, DK uh, going out's a huge blow to them. I'm curious because, you know, they play three tight end sets a ton with Disley, Parkinson, and um, Noah Font. Noah Font's kind of like that hybrid uh, tight end. I'm curious if they're going to try to, like, maybe, you know, move him over because they, Tyler Lockett is nasty, but he's definitely not a number one receiver. So uh, I'm curious of what they're going to do. It's going to show you how good Geno actually is moving forward without, you know, a guy like DK Metcalf. And then on the flip side, Herbert is this guy that's been getting a ton of love, you know, uh, previous to the season starting. He might be an MVP candidate, all these things, and he hasn't really showed up. Um, Eckler's been, you know, pretty stinking good the last, I would say, three or four weeks. But Mike Williams goes out with injury in this game. Keenan Allen's on a snap count and highly injury-prone. They're in trouble. Uh, J.C. Jackson, like, you know... (coughs) torn kneecap or whatever the heck it happened he went limp on uh, a play uh r.i.p jc um so yeah i don't know um i think that you know uh seattle's trending upward or at least you know uh, baseline is is flat whereas i feel like the chargers are definitely trending in the wrong direction i think um they're definitely going to be in a world of trouble uh eckler is on pace to break the receiving record for running back in in a season which I guess with Williams getting injured and Keenan Allen coming back, he'll probably sit in that same exact role moving forward. So he had 12 catches for 96 yards. I mean, I just Herbert doesn't, I guess, check down a ton. I think they drop some of these plays for Eckler, and he obviously can can catch the ball. But I mean, Herbert looks for him more than anyone else on the on the field, which is just interesting. And Eckler is just a workhorse. You know, he's a he's a I can't say he's a smaller guy, but uh, seems like he's more like compact, and he just has a knack for for the ball. Runs very simple routes, but uh, up against the linebacker most of the time, and he wins. And it's just it's he's fun to watch. Uh, but them as a team, kind of to your point, Herbert's been underwhelming, or and and maybe just the Chargers in general have been. I'm not sure if their coach is, uh, I guess, going to last, you know, through the season and and. You know, into the off season, but they don't seem like they're going to get. It's going to get any easier for them, especially if they lose Williams for isn't, you know the five weeks that they were talking about. Isn't that the tail of the tape for the Chargers? Every year on paper, you're like, this team's nasty. They're so good. Even myself, I always fall in the trap. Like you know, uh, beginning of the year, I'm like, oh man, their defense looks ridiculous. Like if they have a really good defense with what they already had at offense, this is like a complete team. They could be a contender. And now it's week seven, and I'm, you know, I'm saying that the wheels have fallen off, and they're, you know, uh, up Shit's Creek without a paddle. So we'll we talked see. about their defense too before, and their defense is not good. Um, going over to the the next game, which was probably the 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 marquee game in the afternoon slate, the Chiefs at the 49ers. 49ers were um, coming into the game, you know, kind of riding riding high they had just got christian mccaffrey in a trade i think everyone was surprised that they ended up with them uh the rams were in on that deal and i think the you know the bills and there was a few other teams that were talking about they gave up uh quite a bit to get mccaffrey and obviously taking taking on his huge contract 
Um, they they did not play well at all. Garoppolo had a decent day, but I, I believe he had two turnovers. Um, I know he had an interception. I don't know if he had a fumble. I, I thought he had he a had fumble a as well. Too, um, Brock Purdy played at one point, if that goes to show you how the 49ers ended up in this game. Uh, Wilson ended up still leading them from a, a rushing standpoint. He had seven for 54. I think, I, I guess he'll play a role moving forward with McCaffrey still there. They might still split some time with him, but I would assume that McCaffrey will just, McCaffrey will take over that role and, you know, average his 20, 25 touches type of thing. Um, my takeaway from the San Fran standpoint is I don't know what happened to Debo Samuel because before the season he came in as arguably from a fantasy standpoint one of the fantasy MVPs from the last year <clears throat> he was rushing the ball for five six hundred yards now they just don't give him the ball I, I don't understand why they don't rush him anymore they don't design any plays for him uh, they used to have a few of like the, the jet sweeps and he would line up in the backfield. He just doesn't do that anymore. And it's the same coaching staff. It's majority of the same team that came back from this year. You could argue it's probably better because Kittle's healthy and Ayuk's better. Um, I'm just not sure what, what went wrong with Debo and Garoppolo was there last year. So I, I, I'm just not sure what's going on with them. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward either because that now they have McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey's that guy that can catch balls out of the backfield and can run the ball efficiently. So now you have Debo being more one-dimensional, and I think what makes him a special player is he's not that. He can do everything. Um, so is, does Ayuk become their number one option? This game he was. He had 11 targets. He led the team in targets 7 for 82, but Kittle had more yards, 6 for 98 in a TD. Um, I'm curious. I mean, McCaffrey got the playbook on the plane to even be able to play in this game. So I think, you know, um, they're now going to be even more of a complete team now that they have yeah, McCaffrey. Yeah, will be more available. I, I feel forward. like, um, you know, uh, San Fran's going to be a problem moving forward. But again, Garoppolo, they're going to go as far as Garoppolo is going to take them. Um, and he is, I don't think he's anything more than an average quarterback. Um, on the flip side, Patrick Mahomes is not that. He is special. He is unbelievable. Um, 25 for 34, 423 yards and three TDs. Did have one interception, but um, just a killer. Uh, the guy's just insane. Uh, amazing to watch. He's the you know Seth uh, Steph Curry of uh, football. He's just awesome. I just hate that he's an AFC and and we face them. You know, with as a Patriots fan. Juju Smith-Schuster uh, had a pretty good game, 7 for 124 in a TD. Kelsey, 6 for 98. And our boy that I talked trash about last week, MVS, 3 for 111. I think he went catchless last week. Um, so, He'll probably go catchless this yeah, week too. Uh, so, so and, and then uh, they stated that Isaiah Pacheco was going to be uh, their lead back, which kind of like muddied the waters for your CEH, you know, um, fantasy havers. But CH did still um, get almost as many carries um, as Pacheco um, and did get in the end zone. Hardman was a stud this game, uh, 4 for 32 and a TD through the air, and then also had two rushes for 28 yards and two uh, TDs on the ground. So three TDs total for Hardman. They look like they're going to try to use him as a Swiss Army knife, and why not? He looked pretty good doing it. Um, Mahomes... I think he's the winningest quarterback, like from a winning standpoint, 
in NFL history. I, I'm almost positive that I saw this when on Red Zone. I think he's like 78% win percentage, something along those lines. He's so good. The, they're 5-2 and two this season. They're two losses when you think back on it. They lost to the Bills, which, I mean, they lost to the Bills. And they lost to Indy at Indy, which Mahomes had the ball in the fourth quarter, driving to score, and threw like a tip pass touch, uh, tip pass interception. If he hit Kelsey on that play, they probably drive down and score. Let's be honest. They, I can't say they easily could be seven and zero because they lost to the Bills. But six and one, top three team. Yeah, they're just they're they're going to be there with Buffalo at the end. I, I feel like the AFC is just you might as well just fast forward to. Buffalo hosting the AFC Championship game at this point, and you know Mahomes coming in town for that. So uh, it's a nightmare as a Patriots fan, but I guess fun to watch from a football standpoint. Um, the Sunday night game was Steelers at the Dolphins. Another, I guess, like interesting uh, large spread game here that. The, the Dolphins didn't end up, they ended up winning, but they did not end up covering. Uh, it was 16-10. to 10. Tua made his return back from concussion after concussion. Um, he looked, I think he looked decent. He had a he had a, an okay day. Um, the Steelers' defense is sneaky, kind of good, not great, but okay. Um, my takeaway from the Miami side is that Mostert looks really good. He just obviously looks better than Edmonds at this point, but also just looks explosive. Um, him catching the touchdown was, I guess, kind of a, a little bit of a weird, like, broken play. They didn't design it up for him, but he he ran the ball. He converted a few third downs that kept them with the ball. Um, overall, he, he kind of won them the game. Uh, I think if they didn't have him in this game, they would have struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, again, Tua didn't have a, a huge game, 261 through the air, but... Uh, you know, overall was 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 pretty effective. Zero interceptions and zero sacks. Um, Pittsburgh just couldn't get after him at all, um, or turn him over. But you know, held them down to, to 16 points. Um, and then shout out Najee Harris. I mean, just guy putting in gutsy performance after gutsy performance. Just pretty much airmailing 20 touches for 80 yards. You might as well just chalk him up as honest to God, got to be the worst first round pick this season I know we talked about Jonathan Taylor but at least Taylor has had some 150 yard games I think he had in week one Najee Harris just looks like he doesn't want to even be in Pittsburgh and doesn't even want to play for them yeah well uh, a couple things I'll stay on uh, Miami side first thank god they got out to a hot start in this game uh, because if not they probably would have lost um Opening drive was just like right down the field, touchdown. I was like, oh, they're gonna, back. they're gonna they're gonna put up you know forty points. Um, Jay Waddle had some crazy catches and Tariq's fast as anything. Um, I think they're just a team built on speed. I mean, I think that's why Mostert works better than Edmonds. I thought Edmonds was gonna work better because uh, he might be a better receiving back. But Mostert was a track star. So, you know, they have a track star at runner back, and then they have two track stars in the receiving game. Um, and then they have a receiving tight end in just Gusecki. So, um, but whatever <coughs> the Steelers figured out in the second half, if that can go forward for any team facing, you know, Miami, they might be in trouble because the second half of the day, they couldn't do anything. Um kind of underwhelming Kenny Pickett had an opportunity to to win the game and it didn't do it um and 
yeah, Najee Harris is definitely not paying dividends as a first-round pick, but their offensive line sucks. Like, he just can't seem to get anything going. Like, every time I see him grab the ball, they were already in the backfield, and he had he was fighting defenders immediately. Like, you know, uh, again, um, he's getting the volume, not doing much with it. The dude's huge. I just – I'm not quick to write him off. I wish their offensive line was a little bit better because I think, you know, uh, you see a difference. And then their leading receivers were – Pat Fryermuth and George Pickens. Pickett definitely likes the tight end. He's the you know uh, safety blanket there, and Pickens just looking like the best receiver on Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson got the most targets, but again, this is like the sixth week in a row saying this, but he doesn't do anything with them. He drops a ton of balls. Chase Claypool is definitely trending in the right direction. I talked about him as a trade candidate to come to the Patriots. They basically locked that up uh, the week prior to this game, saying that they weren't going to trade him. Um, someone should leave though, uh, because uh, that three-headed monster is just not working out. On to Monday Night Football, the moment that we've all been waiting for. Here, um, we tuned in as Patriots fans last night, three and three, going into a home game with Chicago Bears coming into town. Mac Jones coming back healthy. Everyone said. Damian Harris coming back healthy, um, and it, it it did not go the way that I think every single person that watched the NFL thought. Uh, Patriots were eight and a half point favorites, ended up losing outright, thirty-three to fourteen. Um, I'll start on the Chicago side because they won the game. Justin Fields looked like Michael Vick last night. Patriots defense outside of Judon did not. Sure. Yeah, did not want to tackle him for some reason. Fields ran for, he had 14 carries for 82 yards. He, if you watch the game, I thought he ran for 200 yards. He ran all over the field whenever he wanted. He had to convert, I don't know, four or five third downs alone. Montgomery, 15 for 62. Khalil Herbert, who I thought actually had more than 62 yards, he had 12 for 62. I mean, overall, they ran 45 times for 243 yards. And two touchdowns, which is absolutely unbelievable. I don't know if that's ever happened against Bill. Um, And I mean, Chicago looked good. They outright just won the game. They turned the ball, they turned the Patriots over time after time. They they just looked like the more complete team last night. And I mean, I'll just just starting with the Patriots side of things. I'll start with the good. Ramondre Stevenson looked every bit of the the three down back that we talked about um he ended up with what 19 touches total something along those lines yeah 19 touches total he looked really good uh it was good to see harris get back out there obviously he's probably not healthy he only had three carries didn't get any uh any burn outside of that one catch for two yards so he didn't contribute a ton at all but um stevenson's looked good yeah um Man, just a mess. I just hate controversy. I hate outside noise uh, for no apparent reason. And I'm a Mac Jones guy, so um, not to say that I'm not a uh, Billy Zappi guy either. It just I don't like what's going on here. Um, they should have just, you know, we talked about it last week, you know, um, who do you start this week? And I just said, well, if Mac's not 100%, you just don't start him, right? You just go Billy Zappi from the get-go and see what happens. Instead, they go Mac Jones right away. He was putrid, um, turned the ball over, got sacked, you know, ran the ball a couple uh, times efficiently, but um, 
after that interception, they pull him. Bailey Zappi comes in, goes right down the field, scores a touchdown. You're like, oh, crap. We get a turnover. Um, has an insane pass to uh, Devontae Parker. We score again. Um, and I'm like, oh, here we go. This is, uh, you know, uh, the Zappi train is here. Hollywood script. And then, you know, just like we always do, uh, we hyped him up and had all, you know, uh, this, you know, side chats going on. And then the wheels came right off. Um, two interceptions. Again, they're not really on him. Our defense really was the, I think, the problem here in this game. They just didn't even show up whatsoever. Um, the issue is, is that you have players talking about the Zappy situation and then Bill coming out today and what are you going to do moving forward? Max, you know, been a true professional in this whole thing saying like, no matter what it is, he's going to be prepared and he has to be better. You know, I seen, you know, after Zappy made some plays come off, Mac Jones is the first person to give him daps and, you know, say good job. So that's good to see. But from a fan standpoint, we're already not I didn't like where the Patriots were this year, and now this is just adds controversy. I just, I don't know. I don't even know what to, to do moving forward. I, I don't know who I, I think they should start. Um, I don't know. One positive, again, <clears throat> that I'm going to start with here from the defense. Matt Judon's got eight and a half sacks. He's on pace to, I believe, break the sack record at this point. He had two and a half last night. He was the only guy that could tackle Justin Fields. I think he might have been the only guy that actually tackled him. I'm not. I'm not positive. I think Alfred, Anthony Jennings had a sack as well. Um, outside of him, the the defense sucked. Straight out sucked. I mean, our linebackers looked slow. McCordy was a mess. Uh, I mean, Mooney was running wide open all over the place. There was plays that. I mean, Justin Fields is not good as a passer. He ended up with 179, which was a Miracle that he only ended up with 179. If he was good, if they played, I don't know, if they played Herbert, if they played Josh Allen, if they played, I don't know, like they have to play Josh Allen twice coming up. If they would have played Mahomes, anyone like that, they would have put up 50 points on the Patriots I, last night. I, what I don't understand, I'm going to ask you a question. So if, if you're the coach of New England Patriots and I ask you a question, prior to the week, and I say, you're game planning for the Chicago Bears. What's their identity? Do you think it's passing? What's, what, when you when you think of the Chicago Bears on offense, what do you think? They're disgusting. They run yeah. the ball. They and run. Fields plays, you know, right. like like backyard football because a lot of it breaks down in front of him. He yeah. doesn't have a – he's not very accurate. As you saw in a lot of the balls, like, he threw a few to Mooney that – I mean, Mooney was open long. He threw the ball 15 yards over his head out of bounds. I think he's been averaging between, anywhere between like 10 to this time the attempts were at 21, which is probably the highest of of his season thus far. It's just like you know they're going to run the ball. How is the game plan not to stop the run? Not to mention it was raining all day yesterday, so you knew that it was going to be a run-heavy you know offense. And again, we couldn't the ball stop hit the ground nosebleed at all. We the ball from. Chicago, they f- they fumbled five times. We didn't recover a single one of them. <laughs> okay? So Fields fumbled four times. Dante Pettis fumbled once. The Patriots recovered zero of them, which obviously changes the game right there. Zappi fumbles once. He loses it. Fields throws an interception. The Patriots throw three. So what what is that turnover-wise? Four to one, they lost the turnover battle. Which obviously doesn't put the defense in in a great spot in you know in any in any 
position to, to, to stop anyone, regardless if they're the Kansas City Chiefs or the Chicago Bears. But that being said, I mean, the Patriots just outright just did not play well. And, again, their, their upcoming schedule, they have to play the Bills. So you might as well just put stack two more losses on them right now. And essentially, they're three and four. They might as well just be three and six at this point. They're going to play, um, I believe they have Cincinnati. I'm not sure if they play Cincinnati at New England. I don't even think it matters. They could play Cincinnati on the fucking moon. They're going to lose to them by 45. <laughs> like, they're just, their defense looks putrid. That was one of my huge takeaways. Like, the offense, I mean, I think I they're one of the worst teams in the league. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. If, if you're going to give up 33 to the Chicago Bears, you might as well just mail it in because it's over. At, just, just this season is over. Um, I don't think it matters. I mean, Mac Jones can't play corner, and Bailey Zappi can't play, you know, edge rusher on the other side of Judon. So n- nothing else outside of that. Unless Jones is going to come in and throw for 345 and four scores, which he's not that type of guy, and I don't think Zappi is either. I, I just I don't, I don't know what they do. The play calling was uh, highly suspect as well a bunch of times. Like, yeah, I met, you know, we were side texting. Like, why are they not running the ball? Like, why – what – you it's know, pouring rain. The, yeah. Let's hand the ball off to Jacoby Myers. Yeah, just, you know, or let's, like, do like, first, second down passing instead of running the ball and then having, you know, uh, third and short to maybe think about, you know, doing a play action or something. It just, uh, it was uh, very annoying to watch. Um, sucked as a sports fan. I was amped. Celtics and Patriots were on at the same time last night. Um, uh, and it was just... Uh, oh, it was awesome. It was, it's yeah, awesome. W- wicked awesome. Uh Celtics started up Fuego and went down the tubes immediately following. And, uh, again, because I talk trash. And then the Patriots was just, again, um, the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. So, we'll yeah, see. The Pats are in trouble. And, um, I mean, going into this week, somehow they're going to the Jets. Uh, it's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. Somehow the Patriots are favored. I don't know. Probably because Wilson sucks. On what planet the Patriots? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Justin Fields looked like the worst quarterback in modern history and came in as an eight and a half point underdog and just put up 33 on them. So I don't know what the Jets, I, I guess, are going to look like without Brees Hall. Maybe Robinson gets some work there and, and Carter. I, I don't know. But, anyways, the, the Patriots, if they lose this game, um, at the Jets, I mean their their schedule upcoming just does not get any easier. They're they're in they're going to be in a tough spot moving forward. Um, that kind of wraps up week seven for us. You know, I'm sure we could go on for hours and hours about how disgusted we are with the Patriots. Um, the week eight, there are some there are some weird games in week eight that you I think if before the season you would have kind of ironed out as some really good matchups and now just do not align that way. Um, without looking at this... Thursday game's wild. It, without looking at this in depth, I think there's only one game that is um, two teams that have winning records, and it's the Giants at Seattle. Which, again, before the season, if you would have said in you know week eight, are the Giants and Seattle both going to be over 500, you would have probably <laughs> put down 100 and won 100,000 for that to be the case. But um, I that, think that's that the marquee matchup. That is literally the only game that's uh, two winning record teams playing each other. So, I mean, with that being said, there are some games, starting with the Thursday game, Baltimore at Tampa, both teams 
you know, do not look good. Obviously, Baltimore's coming off a win. Tampa's coming off of being absolutely embarrassed. But that is that that's going to be an interesting game. I mean, obviously, they they both draw TV crowds, so it's going to be a a, um, a well watched game for sure. And yeah, I mean, all eyes are going to be on Brady. You know, is is this you know is this it? Is this the time that you know he's 45? Can he overcome the shitty roster? You know. The, the bad offensive line and and you know kind of lead them moving forward um that's to be determined and then one of the game that i you know kind of interested to watch and might be a might be a shootout miami at detroit i know detroit sucked last week at dallas um dallas is going to be there's their defense is going to be tough for anyone which obviously chicago has them this week so I'm sure Justin Fields will probably run for you know 12 yards and pass for 83, and they'll lose by 40, and Dallas will look great, and everyone will wonder what happened to Justin Fields. But um, yeah, Miami at Detroit is uh, is is the game that I'm I'm ironing out to to probably watch the most of at the one o'clock slate. Yeah, um, this week for me, I got two games. This besides the Thursday night game, I'm this uh, this week of football is actually kind of ugly. Uh, 49ers Rams, I think, could be a decent game, um, especially because uh, divisional matchup. And then I want to see the Seahawks Giants. Giants again, right, riding this momentum train, and now Seahawks uh, also leading their division, and then they just lose their leading receiver. So curious to see how that pans out. Other than that, um. One other uh, one o'clock game. We're both kind of high on Minnesota. Uh, they're coming off of the bye week. Arizona comes into Minnesota this week. You know, could be an interesting game to watch. Obviously, Kyler coming off of the the W on the the previous Thursday night game. Um, I don't think this weekend is you know double XP for Call of Duty. So most <laughs> of the weeks that are just regular XP, he actually performs pretty decently. Um, that one could be another one that agreed with with Hopkins back for them. Benjamin looking like a lot more explosive than Connor was. You know Arizona looks better, so they get a good test at Minnesota. Um, I, I mean I have Minnesota winning the game, but I think that could be a you know a high scoring matchup. Um, and then obviously what happens in the in the night game? Rogers at Buffalo. Deuces. Um, you know. Gonna get. Destroyed. They're eleven and a half point underdogs. I believe is the biggest. And they might cover. Uh, yeah, I have Buffalo covering in that game as well. Um, I'm gonna probably put that in tonight. I, I just, I mean, I just don't see how. No matter how any, I, I shouldn't say that because I just watched the Patriots lose by 45 last night. But I don't see a way that Green Bay can win the game at Buffalo. Like, I mean, they're not gonna turn Rodgers. Uh, Allen over multiple times. Um, it, it, I just don't see that happening. Allen's going to total, you know, 330 yards, 350 yards, something like that with rushing. And, uh, you know, two or three touchdowns, that's just what he's done every week. And it's a Sunday night game in Buffalo. You don't think those guys are going to be ready to rock. That stadium is going to be loud as hell. Um, yeah, Rodgers, he, he, I don't think he's going to want any part of that. After you know, maybe like the second quarter or something along those lines. It's supposed to be gold. We'll see how that uh, how that ends up. Um, a few bets that I have from the week. Uh, the previous week I had uh, Jacksonville, Arizona, Seattle, Atlanta, and the Jets. 
Uh, I went three and two. So year to date, 10 and 14. Um, again, not where we wanted to be, but two back-to-back weeks, which was pretty good. Um, so this week, I just touched on Buffalo. I have Buffalo minus 11 and a half. Again, I just don't see how they don't cover that game. Um, I also took Atlanta minus four and a half. They are playing Carolina. I- I'm just, I just, I think what Carolina did last week was kind of a fluke. I don't think they're gonna. Uh, they're definitely not gonna win 21 to three again. But um, I just think they had a they had a weird week. They got rid of McCaffrey. The line's a little weird. Atlanta's probably going to run on them a bit. And so I took Atlanta there. They're home. Uh, another one I took is Minnesota, minus three and a half. Again, Arizona coming in, kind of riding off a, a high off of the W on the Thursday night football. Minnesota off of the bye. Um, three and a half, not a great number, I don't think. If it was three or two and a half, I'd like it way better. But um, I just don't see Arizona winning that game. Um, I'm taking the Jets plus one and a half because I just don't see how they're again I just don't see how the Patriots come back and, and win the game but again every time we doubt the Patriots every time we doubt Bill truth the Pats will probably win by 10 it is what it is I'm taking the Jets and then I'm also taking the Saints um, they are at home against the the Raiders I almost said Oakland um Vegas coming off of the another one that's coming off of a W, probably riding high. They beat up on a, a bad Houston team. New Orleans isn't terrible. You know, Dalton's kind of all over the place, but if you take away those two pick sixes, they beat Arizona. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how they do. They're back at home. I think that's going to be a, a close game. So, taking the Saints, um, plus two on my end. Um and then uh, probably hammer a few player props out in the Sunday morning. I just didn't see anything off the top of my head that I like there. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll see. I mean, let's see if we can keep your uh, your winning streak alive for three weeks in a we'll row. Go for three in a row. Um, moving forward to our uh, power rankings, um, do you have any changes from last week, Nick? I took the same. I mean, Minnesota on the bye. Um, Philly didn't play. You know, I just, I mean, I think Philly, Buffalo, and KC are head and shoulders the three best teams. I don't really think it's, I don't really think it's close with those three. Um, Philadelphia, Dallas is going to be an interesting, I guess, matchup moving forward. Um, I kept Minnesota at four, and I kept Dallas at five. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, I guess, with all of these teams playing this week. But um, yeah, I think Buffalo and KC, class of the AFC, they're going to be top three in my power rankings really no matter what happens unless Allen or Mahomes gets hurt yeah um I'm gonna change it up a little bit um I'm gonna go Philly Buffalo KC that same order I think no matter what those are the three top teams in the league um my four or five though I am going to switch um I am going to put Cincinnati at four and then Dallas five as good as Minnesota is they're on the um, the cusp at six and the reason being is that I think that Dallas and Philly would both beat uh, Minnesota um, and God forbid Minnesota did get to the Super Bowl against Cincinnati I think Cincinnati would bang on them so um, I just think they're a better uh, better team complete uh, but Minnesota's bowling out they're finding ways to win I don't I don't uh, throw any shade to them. They're just not in my top five. They're probably they're definitely at six for me, and then you know the Giants probably at seven, just because 
is still winning uh, somehow, some way, and we'll see if Gino can put an end to that this week. I mean, yeah, we we both. I don't think we both don't believe in the Giants as far as like their record, but I mean, they still have the wins that they have. Um, all right, so we are again, we are week. We are coming up on week eight. So after this week, we'll essentially be. Well, I guess it's 17, 17 weeks, 18 weeks, whatever uh, now the season is. But uh, we will be roughly halfway through the season. Who would you have right now as, if you had to pick right now, as your Super Bowl champ? Like, what's your Super Bowl matchup, and then who wins it all? Oh, man. Um, it's on the spot. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm actually going to say the Eagles lose. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... I can't believe I'm saying this on air and just in general, but uh, Cowboys defense is so good. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be the Cowboys, Bills, and I think the Bills, uh, they win a Super Bowl finally. Um, they're that good. Cowboys, Bills, where is the Super Bowl is the question. I can't believe I just said that out loud. It, it, it almost hurt me, but I just feel like that. I can't wait for that matchup to actually happen. Um, Super Bowl is in Arizona. Okay. Um, what about you? Well, yeah, I mean, Dallas Dallas would be a heck of a... a heck. The problem I have with Dallas going to the Super Bowl is if this all plays out the way it's playing out, like it is right now, I don't I don't think we think... Like, we can agree Philly's probably not going undefeated, right, Definitely. in the regular season. Okay, so they'll lose a game. If Philly holds out and they play, just say they lose two games, I don't know. I think Dallas can go into Philly and beat Philly because they can run the ball. They they can easily I can say easily but with Pollard and Zeke they're they can they're built to play that type of game. Well, that's the thing they can run in the Philly ball in January and, and and their defense. So like you can run the ball and you play D. Like if you just take the quarterback out of it, I just think that Cowboys are a better team than than Philly. Now they got Dak back. I just I don't know. I I hate to even say it. And also, it's wild. We're talking about power rankings and we go there, but like I don't want to sleep on the San Francisco 49ers either. Like if they get into the playoffs, they can beat anyone. Uh they have a complete team um for the same exact reasons uh as the Cowboys. They have a really good defense and now they have McCaffrey um and a whole bunch of weapons. So, um they could be sneaky as well, um, but right now, I guess I, yeah, I might change by week eleven. But right now, I have Cowboys and uh, and Buffalo and Buffalo winning. I would take so right now. Um, I mean, I guess I would just go chalk right now, but uh, I would probably go KC over Philly. Okay. Um, I think if the rematch happens, Mahomes at Buffalo is that game will just be epic. And they lost that game in KC. I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I that would that's gonna be a tough game for them to win. I just I, I, I would hate to bet against them right now. It especially after what Mahomes did this week, and I know it's probably just recency biased because you know, they played this week and Josh Allen didn't, but Mahomes just looks unbelievable. They're 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 the Chiefs just look like they're clicking. Um, they're they're filling in the Tyreek role with like Nicole Hardman and and a little bit of Juju. It's it's just weird how they've kind of filled in. That's coaching though. Andy Reid's really good. Oh um, my gosh. He gets he gets no love, you know, because Mahomes is so good. But Andy Reid is uh, a genius. And and yeah, it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But yeah, I would take um, I would take KC over Philly right now. 
I'm rooting for Philly to get there really, really hard. Just so Me too. But, I can uh, just so I can watch them lose in the Super Bowl because the last time they got there, they you know when they beat the Pats, uh, a lot of shit got talked from uh, from Philly fans to Patriots fans. So I would love to just see that Philly ride all the way to the Super Bowl and then just lose. That would actually just make me kind of happy. So I mean, I hate the Cowboys and the Giants like NFC teams. They're my most two hated NFC teams. So I hate to say it, but. I mean, the other thing is, too, is that we're heading into week eight. There's so much football to be uh, played. There's been so many injuries already. I was already. just going to say the I injuries. mean, there, there could be, who knows? Who the heck knows? Uh, by week 11, we could we could be having a completely different conversation because, you know, top players, you know, go out. We we just had a conversation about, you know, the, the Chargers and how good they looked on paper and they missing all their, you know, uh, people. And, and now they're going down the tube. So. Uh, to your point, too, about... Um, you know, don't sleep on San Fran, Cincinnati. I mean, Correct. they they went to the Super Bowl last year. I, I can say arguably they return a better team. Burrow looked amazing there <clears throat> this week. <coughs> excuse me, this this season they're fourth behind Philly, Buffalo, and KC in point differential. They're uh, they're plus forty one. They could easily be five and two. They should have beat. The Steelers week definitely, one, the, definitely the week one Steelers. game was yeah. was a fluke. Um, so they, they could be five and two, and that's why they're in my power rankings. They're as, as good as anyone. I think the issue is is that as good as they are offensively, which they are, they you could actually make the argument they're the best offensive team in the league. I just feel like that you know the Bills uh, defensively are better now, uh, and then the Chiefs, like you just said. The cohesiveness they have all around, you know, the, between coaching, offense, and defense, they're clicking. Um, you know, uh, I just have them a, a little ahead, but that could change, uh, absolutely be a dark horse. And the same thing I feel like with the 49ers, you know, uh, to the Eagles and um, the Cowboys. I feel like the those other teams, though, I, I would say that's probably the best six teams. So maybe when I think about power rankings, those are the things I should be thinking about, not record, uh, because... You know, at the end of the day, that's what matters. I mean, winning yeah, I mean, record record matters too. I mean, they, you got to win the games, right? So, we'll 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 see. I mean, the Chiefs. I'm just looking at it right now. The Chiefs has more more point more points scored than anyone else. Um, they have 223 scored, and no one else has over 181. 183. Wow, Seattle is second in the league in points scored. That is unbelievable. Gino. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mahomes is just running away with with I don't know offensive player of the year it would probably go to Allen I would say Mahomes be right there with him but uh yeah that it's just going to be a lot of football to be played like you said I mean next week we could talk about this and there'll be 12 different injuries that are going to happen between now and then but it is what it is um wraps up uh episode six for us um anything else that you want to get out note wise no um like i said i'm very excited for the pc season uh we did go to the exhibition you uh, uh stated it uh earlier in the pod they look good um again they are pretty big i feel like we are way better as far as skill skill wise than we were last year um again uh it was an exhibition against a scrub team, so I want to temper, you know, uh, what my expectations would be. But uh, at the very least, we're big, uh, which is always a good thing. And returning a point guard in Bynum that has, uh, you know, experience at this point, 
championship under his belt from the Big East, you know, games in the NCAA tournament that they performed pretty well in and ended up losing to the national champion. You know, what are you going to do there? Um, played yeah. pretty good, too. Uh, they gave well. him arguably the best game that they played in the tournament. So, um, yeah, should be a heck of a season for them. Um, outside of that, we'll, we'll cover some of the NBA moving forward. It, it's been uh, just a, sh- a short week for um, for really just NBA stuff. This game's going on right now. I'm sure that we'll, we'll end up covering some of the Celts and, and whatnot next week. Um, and then uh, look forward to you know some recap of week eight and you know, where we stand with uh, halfway through the NFL season at that point. Um, that's it for me. Yeah, man. Thank you again for um, the support and the listeners. Um, again, always hit us up with feedback or questions you might have uh, to be answered on the next podcast. Other than that, Nick, um, I would say thanks a lot, and I'll see you guys next week. Catch y'all next week.